0: Get us out of your way and use us to bring you glory. Amen. You can be seated. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That is why we are here. That is why we exist. That is why Live Oak Church exists there are thousands on John's Island from all walks of life in need of the love that can only come through the gospel of Jesus Christ that they may be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified we are planted to love God we are planted to love people we are planted to live boldly we are planted just getting started. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, today we're finishing, as I said, our two-week um, Building Boldly uh, campaign launch uh, sermon series. Uh, next week we will be back in Luke, and we're going to finish out Luke. We've got four or five more weeks, and we will be done with Luke after going on, through, has it been three years or two years, Marty? It's a long, long time we've been with Luke. And so, love it, enjoy it. Matter of fact, it's like, I, I think when we're done with Luke, it's going to be like, I, I miss him. You know, it's going to be weird. Uh, so anyway, but we're very excited about what God's got for us next year as we pivot uh, into some new stuff um, uh, for that. But we can jump back into Luke uh, next week. But today, uh, we're finishing out. Uh, we are uh, talking about... Uh, the idea of surrender. Last week we kicked off the journey by discussing stewardship, recognizing the difference between owners versus managers. The idea that what we have is owned by God and managed by us. And now that's difficult for us to to, to grasp. We talked about that last week because we feel like, hey, 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 you know, I have worked, I have studied, I've went to school, I've you know work my tail off I, I blood you know through blood sweat and tears I've earned what I have you know and, and it's mine and, and what we have to understand is actually everything we have the breath in our lungs the blessings we have the jobs we have the family we have the very salvation that we enjoy is only enjoyed because God has allowed it and so it, everything is owned by God and he has allowed us to be stewards of that managed by that, of that. And so we, we looked at that idea about what does it mean to be a steward of God's resources. We also declared that we want to build boldly. This, this uh, campaign is called Building Boldly. What does that mean? We want to build boldly. We want to build community. We want to build disciples. We want to build a ministry to those in need. We want to build strong families. Yes, we want to build boldly. And that is why we're here. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. And in the next couple of moments, I just pray that that you would anoint every word that comes from my mouth. That nothing that I say comes from me but is first, that is not first anointed by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I said, today we're going to talk about surrender. When we acknowledge the call to live as a good steward, it leads to a life of spiritual surrender. Throughout Scripture, we see stories that begin with stewardship that end in surrender. 1 Timothy chapter 6 in verses 17 through 19. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They're to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You see, we see there where uh, uh, Paul is instructing Timothy to, to let them know not to be haughty, not to be caught up in their own riches, but on God, because it is God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And when we take those riches, to use them to do good things, to build up good things. Paul is building on Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we see this idea that when we surrender, we are to comprehend what Paul told Timothy and what Jesus told the crowd, that where your treasure is, there your heart is also. This is difficult for us though, when we, when we think about it, this idea of surrender, to give up everything we have is difficult. It, it's difficult when we think about uh, everything from our, 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 our spiritual lives, it's difficult when we think about our families, but especially when it comes to our treasure, our hobbies, things that we have to, that we have to lay at the feet of God and say, Lord, I surrender it to you. It's difficult for us. And I, 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 we've talked about this a couple of months ago when it comes to the idea of how do we store up treasures in heaven? What does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? What, what does it mean you know, to, to not take all of our, our, our finances and just use it on us? What does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? You know, it's, it's not like that old, you know, that old joke where I just throw it up to the air and whatever God wants, He keeps. that. No, that's not how that works. That's not what that means the ideas of storing up treasures in heaven, basically what that is saying is that you're investing in people. You're investing in kingdom ideas. You're investing in the kingdom purposes. You're investing in doing good. You're you're planting seeds of, uh, of love. You're planting seeds of gospel community. You're planting seeds of kingdom works. Now understand. Hear me say, that I understand the tension, the fine line that I'm playing here. We're talking about, where I'm talking to you about being willing to be a steward of God's resources and surrendering all of God's resources. And and because of that, and we're taking up money for a building, it's like you're just saying that so that you can get money. I understand that tension. I understand that, 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 that cynicism that comes with that because of how much... The church and how many, throughout history, the church has been irresponsible with its finances. I get it. And that's why, I ta- that's why two weeks ago we talked about it. And last week we talked about it. The idea that, listen, I get it. It, it, it. If we're like, our lease is up in 11 months, and if we want to say, hey, fun ride, let's go. Let's, all right, we'll just pack up and do something else. Okay but we talked about the idea that we believe that John's Island is better with Live Oak Church here than without it. And if that's true, then what does that mean? If that's true, we don't see this as simply uh, having a building. We see this as having a, 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 a headquarters so that we can be a, a, a launching pad for ministry, a launching pad for missions, a launching pad for church plants, a, launch, a, a community uh, place where people can come. We, we, we see this as more than just a building. It's really just a, 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 a place uh, uh, to, uh, to, to launch out, to, to be a, a conduit for ministry. Martin Luther put it this way, I have held many things in my hands and lost them all. But whatever I place in God's hands, that I still possess. Guys, we're at this kind of, as a church that's about three and a half years old, we're at this kind of, this, this, this weird place of, alright, where, where are we going to be? Where, where is God going to be for, what is God going to use not for next year, but next generation what is Live Oak Church's um, role on Johns Island not next year but for our children's generation have you ever wondered why you're here at all I mean I know that's kind of deep for a Sunday morning but have you ever wondered why am I here and not necessarily existing why why do you exist I mean that really is a deep topic that you know uh, that we can dig into one day but not today but why are you on John's Island? Why are you here? You know some of you are on John's Island because you have been here for generations. Your grandparents are here. Your great-grandparents are here. You've been here forever. Some of you are here because maybe you visited one day and you were checking out that big oak tree, the angel oak. And you're like, wow this is a groovy town. I want to live here. And you moved here. Maybe you got transferred to Charleston and John's Island was the cheapest place you could move. I mean I don't, you know, I don't know why. You know, we're, we're all here for different reasons. So why are you at John's Island? And then take it a step deeper, a a step further. Why are you at Live Oak Church? This small little church plant on this little, you know, rural island. Why are you here? Why are you in this place? Why Why has God placed you in this little church on this island in this moment? In the book of Esther, God placed Esther as the queen in the perfect time to be in a position to share with the king a plot to kill her people. It's a fantastic book. We're only going to talk about one verse today, but if you've never read the book of Esther, it's just a fantastic story about how God places people in certain positions and how it's it's an incredible story of betrayal and a story of, uh, of, uh, of love and all kinds of stuff. It's just really cool. She hesitated to use her influence to warn the king. Her uncle Mordecai gives her this incredible word. It's in Esther 4.14. For if you keep silent this time, relief and deliverance will rise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I don't know about you, but... I miss Christian bookstores. Um, Amazon and the dot-coms have kind of gotten rid of bookstores uh, in general. But I worked in several different Christian bookstores, and I loved working there, and even though there are parts of it that annoyed me. There are, but Because if you go into a Christian bookstore, it was always kind of to the left. You had your books, you know, the books of the month and that kind of thing, and then you had your uh, just different types of Christian books, and you had your... Christian living books and your Christian fiction books and all this kind of stuff and then you had your Bibles and I loved going to the Bible section and smelling the leather and ah, you know and, and that kind of thing and I, I just loved you know that section and then you had the uh, the the curriculum section where all the Bible studies were and then you had the music section uh, and man back in the 90s you used to go and, and be able to listen to the uh, you know they had like the the sweet you know uh, southern gospel music, and then you had the black gospel music, and then you had the regular Christian music like Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, and then my section, Petra and Bride, and you know, I was like putting on the headphones, rocking out to Christian uh, rock music. It was awesome. Uh, but anyway, so that, that was, and that was that part of the Christian bookstore. And then there was the kind of the right front part of the store, and it was full of knickknacks and just ridiculous stuff. I mean, it's like, Pillows and blankets. I mean, and so Esther, that for such a time as this, that has been etched on everything from little figurines, these little fat angels, little precious moment things. And you had the the pillows and the blankets and the mirrors. And I don't know if you remember this, if you went to the Lifeway bookstores back in the day, uh, I, I, I almost wanted to like throw them out when I first unpacked them uh, in the back room. They were called testaments. Y'all remember those? They were like, honest to God, they were called testaments. And they were mints. And they had verses written on them. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Okay. But anyway, but you know, when you think of certain verses in the Bible for such a time as this, that was, you know, that was written on so many things in Christian bookstores. It was everywhere. But when I look at that verse, I think the most powerful part of that verse is the first part. And so what we're going to do is we're going to unpack this one verse. Because I believe for us as a people to live a life of surrender, we've got to move from a a place of fear to a place of faith. Because that's why we don't surrender. That's why you don't surrender the things that you have to the Lord. It's because of fear. It's because it's like, God, if I give this to you then I feel like I'm out of control. And that's from everything from your resources to your family to your soul. Lord, if I surrender this to you, then I no longer have control and we're afraid of that. And so to move from a life of fear to a life of faith, there's three things that I have taken just out of this one verse in uh, in Esther verse 14, chapter 4. To move from fear to faith... You need to realize that God's plan will succeed. I love my favorite part of this verse is the first part. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. I love that. It seems like you, you just kind of just fly right on by that and forget the, the idea that, listen, if God doesn't use you, He's going to use someone else. Because His will will be done. And that should be, man, I mean, that, that, that should give us so much strength and encouragement. That if Live Oak Church, if we just decide to say, you know, fun ride, we're moving on. God's going to say, well, I was going to use you guys, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach John's Island. God's like, listen, I'm tired of there being darkness on this island. There needs to be light brought to the darkness to this island. And so if Live Oak Church doesn't step up, someone else will. His will will be done. That's powerful to me. He's like, listen, if you don't step up, deliverance is going to come from somewhere else. If you don't step up, God's plan is going to succeed either way. You know why? Because God... His ways are bigger than yours. And that leads to the second point. To move from fear to faith, you need to realize God is inviting you to be part of His plan. Stop and think about that for a second. See, you think you you just came to church today. That's such a small way of looking at this. You didn't just come to church today. You came to the, uh, the, the assembly of the saints to be encouraged by the word, to go out to be a holy army, to bring light to the darkness of this community. You're part of that. How amazing is that that God has chosen to invite you to be part of That should should humble us, bless us, encourage us that you have been invited to be part. You're here today to hear these words that you are part of his plan. That's massive. Because you may think that I'm not worthy. And here, let me tell you, you're not you don't understand I'm a hot mess I agree with you you are individually we're all sorry sapsuckers in need of grace collectively we with the power of the Holy Spirit are the church of Jesus Christ that's powerful that is something that is huge and he has invited you he doesn't need you But he's invited you to be part of his plan. Thirdly, to live a life of surrender, we must move from fear to faith. To move from fear to faith, you need to realize that you have something to offer. Esther was in a position due to her marriage to the king to bring deliverance to her people. Every one of you have something to contribute no matter what it is, you're all created with something to contribute to God's kingdom purposes. No matter what your gifts are, no matter what your talents are, whatever they are, God can use them for kingdom purposes. Storing up treasures not on earth, but treasures in heaven. I believe with all my heart That God has called you for a reason. I believe that you are here for such a time as this. I didn't say this in the first service, and I was kicking myself. I don't want to get too political, but if you pay attention to the world, Hear me all hear me out, please. Don't don't look at your phones for a minute. The church right now is losing. Sean, that's heresy. How could you say that? The church will never lose. No, the church in the end will win. Right now, the church is getting her butt kicked. Right now we're losing. Right now, culturally, when it comes to our, the next generation, we're losing them if we haven't already lost them. Guys, we're here for a reason. Live Oak Church is here for a reason. There's like a hundred churches on this island. Why did we have to start here? I don't know, but God called me to start this church for a reason. We're here because God wants us here. You're here today because God wants you here. You're in Live Oak Church because God wants you here. We are here because there's a job to do. Why? Because we are losing. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with just giving it up and saying it's whatever. No. Because the church will win. Are we going to be part of it? That's the question. The big idea of the day is all that we've been given to us has been given to us so that we may surrender it for his glory. And the big question is this. Can he trust us with his blessing? Can he trust us? We are a conduit for God's blessings. As we looked at the passage last week, we are stewards of the Master's treasures. Can he trust you with those blessings? Can he trust you with those treasures? I get. I get that it's easy to hear me say this today because we're trying to raise money and for those of you who are relatively new it may be easy to be cynical about that I get it for those of you who know me know my heart know that I would do anything not to ever have to talk about money but to talk about vision and to talk about the commitment we have to reach the lost and to be a light to the darkness. That's my heart. And that's what I hope that we will capture. And when we talk about surrender today, the idea of surrender is not only talking about surrendering the resources God has entrusted to us, but really also being able to surrender everything. And that's hard because we feel like we own it. Well, let me tell you how quickly that can turn you feel like everything's going great because you own what you have because you've worked really hard for what you have until you get that phone call hey our company is downsizing I'm sorry but we have to let you go how quickly you feel out of control it was one year ago today that we were in our small group and my son all of a sudden he just couldn't breathe he was choking he was gagging we didn't know what in the world and it was getting worse and worse and so Audra took him to the hospital. And I was like, eh, it'll be fine. Give him some Benadryl, he'll be okay. And about two o'clock in the morning, she texts me and said, Hey, they're admitting him into the hospital. He was in the hospital for over two days. We still don't know what in the world's wrong, what happened. But it scared even the doctors. I mean they're hitting his legs with Epi- EpiPen after EpiPen all of a sudden that night I realized whoa that was fast we can go from a sense of total control to out of control like that and so I'm just saying that rather than settle for The illusion that you're in control anyway, understand that everything is God's, including our soul, and be willing to step up and surrender and say, God, I lay it at your feet and I surrender. I surrender everything. I surrender my resources to you. I surrender my family to you. I surrender my job to you. I surrender my talents to you. I surrender my soul to you today. Every week we come to the table and we take communion. And we do this because it is the perfect example or the perfect symbol of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're going to be talking about this the next couple of weeks as we pivot towards the cross. You see, Jesus died on the cross for us so that we may have a relationship with him. And so when we come to the table and we take the bread that represents his body, we take the juice that represents his blood, it is a reminder of what the gospel is. It is the love of God that loves you so much that he gave his son for you. That all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so when we come and we take the bread and we take the juice, we remember the love of God. How can we not be willing to surrender to that love? Let us pray. God, I thank you for the time we have together right now for these moments. Forgive us for holding on to our lies. Forgive us for holding on to our, our fear. Holy Spirit of God, may we walk forward in faith and not only be willing to steward the life that you've given us, but to move to a life of surrender, of knowing that it is all all for you as we come to the table may we do so with clean hearts with pure motives in Jesus name we pray Amen come to the table now